Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Hello, and welcome back to the Mind Body Musings podcast. I am recording this intro the same day that it is going to be airing, which is kind of fun. The interview was recorded a few weeks ago, though, and wow, are we in for an incredible treat with our guest today. Before I tell you a bit more about Jamie, I just wanted to share with you why this episode is coming out one day later than normal. For the past five or so years, I've released episodes on Wednesdays, but today this episode is actually coming out on a Thursday because yesterday I was flying all day, and over the weekend I was hosting my seventh retreat, the fourth of the Feminine Surrenders, but my seventh retreat to host, and I'm coming back home to New York filled with so much depth, so much nourishing energy, so much gratitude for the 10 women that trusted me, trusted each other, trusted themselves, allowed themselves to, as we would say over the weekend, playful out and to experience and to just give themselves permission to have a weekend of uh, bringing it, right? Bringing it, bringing their presence, bringing their energy, bringing their love, bring in their realness, which may mean resistance or rage, whatever's coming up for them, and making the weekend a safe container for them to feel and to express and to be held by themselves and their sisters. And I am just so grateful for them trusting me to hold the container of this experience. I'm coming back home with most beautiful of malas that we made together. We always make malas at the retreats, and it's one of my favorite activities that we do. And um, I used I I made a mala with white turquoise, which is also called howlite, which is a fantastic stone for um, for anger and for releasing anger. If I'm being real with y'all, girls got some anger, and I'm all about going into the shadow and going into the feeling and going into the motion. So. I got this stone to help me with um, feeling that, not getting rid of it, but feeling that and owning that and embodying that and moving through that and having that emotion to experience life, not seeing that emotion as something that's keeping me away from experiencing life. So I, oh, and I'm just now realizing this. I used a key as a charm. So sometimes when you make malas, you can have little charms on them. And uh, I put a key on it, and I didn't know why. Now I'm looking at it. I'm like, man, this makes so much sense. Experiencing and embodying our emotions is the key. Ah, I love being like this cheesy life coach sometimes, but it's so true. And I had no idea why I chose that. Um, it was also a full moon over the weekend. And man, this full moon was intense. When we had the full moon, we also did Thai massage. So... Now, again, that I'm reflecting on, it's quite beautiful because a lot of times on full moons, we are in isolation, typically by choice, because our emotions are so deep. We take baths or we go to full moon circles and we are with others. 
um, sometimes we go to sound healing ceremonies, still really very much a, of an alone experience though, even if you were together. And Saturday night we did Thai massage on each other. So it was really nourishing for everyone to be able to receive touch and to give touch during such an intense time and to really feel community and feel love through the physical aspect. And um, Thai massage is, is just such a juicy juicy way to connect with others. I love it. If you are interested in coming to the next Feminine Surrender and being one of the 10 women to um, gather into a cabin and drink cacao and have gong healing and mala making and essential oil chakra meditation clearing and to have practices led by me, potentially more acro yoga, you can apply by going to maddiemoon.com slash events. I do not have a date down yet for the next one I'm really feeling into where that's what's coming up for me is where is this next one going to be because I think I think I am not going to do Boulder for the next one I'm craving something new because the past four all four of the feminine surrenders have been in Boulder and I'm in New York now and I'm kind of feeling upstate New York so go ahead and apply because those are the people I reach out to first and start a conversation with first and I think I already have like 10 people waiting. So go ahead and put in your uh, application, maddiemoon.com slash events, so that you are one of those people that I reach out to about the next dates. Today's guest is Jamie Woolrab, who I am just delighted to have on the Mind Body Musings podcast. He's a guest I've been wanting to get on for a while, but we haven't quite made it happen till now. And I'm so glad we waited till now because this conversation, exactly as it was, is meant to be. Jamie is a jack of trades in the voice and movement arena. He has worked extensively at New York's Actors Movement Studio under the guide of Lloyd Williamson. He also studied the Michael Chekhov technique for two years with Leonard Petit and the Linklater technique for four years with Nancy Mayans and Peggy Loft. He has recently been mentored by master voice teacher Stuart Pierce for seven years. And Jamie has an MFA from Mason Grove School of the Arts, Rutgers University with William Esper. Uh, I guess that's and Rutgers University with William Esper. He has also studied extensive embodiment training with John Wineland for the past five years. He is currently working on a hit television show and film as, as a dialect vocal coach. He has taught voice and embodiment workshops for the Rama Institute, Sheila Kelly's S Factor, and many others. He is the artistic director of, I'm going to butcher this, Trifecta, no, that's what I want to say, but it actually is Triptyke. Yes, Triptyke Theater and a member of IMA Theater based in LA. Oh my gosh, Jamie, that was a really tough bio to get through because I know none of what this means, but I do know who John Wineland is because he's also my teacher. And that is how I met Jamie. I met Jamie at a um, group embodiment intensive training and we were paired together twice over the weekend which is actually kind of rare um, to be matched with someone twice because there's so many people there but our work was really deep and I continued to work with Jamie in a couple ways after that weekend and even now Jamie and I are considering co-creating some sort of event 
So keep your eyes out for that. Listen to Jamie's beautiful insight on voice and embodied voice and the throat and the jaw. That's what we're speaking about today and how to get in touch with the deepest places of our body so that our voice feels more rich when we speak, transmitting a deeper message to the person receiving it. This may not make so much sense as of right now, but it will soon. So we're going to be talking all about not just like speaking our truth, because that's really not, that that's covered a lot in this podcast, but this is more so about how you are speaking your truth, the richness of your voice, the delivery, the, uh, what is the word I used earlier? The verboseness of your pitch. Yes, really juicy things. So before we head on over, I only have one more thing to say, and that is that The Feminine Spirit School registration closes on Sunday. So if you have been thinking about joining us for the Feminine Spirit School and enjoying the next eight weeks together, going module by module, diving deep into creating our own feminine, our own masculine, our inner child, healing ancestral wounds, reclaiming our pleasure, going into our sacred masculine through embodiment practices and getting and receiving all the tools, 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 like so many tools, but in a way that's not overwhelming, mind you. I did this in a way so that you would receive all these things, but in a pace that is slow and just like the feminine, really juicy, really... um, embodied. We want it to be nourishing, not overwhelming and this go, go, go hustle mode, but rather in a way that feels calm because the way you learn about the feminine and the masculine is even more important than what you learn about the feminine and the masculine. So if you are wanting to join us, I'm not quite sure when the next launch will be sometime this year. I am sure of that, but I don't know when. If you're interested in joining us, there is a payment plan and you can sign up for that course by going to medimoon.com forward slash feminine dash spirit. All right. I look forward to seeing all of you in there who join. We start on Monday and I look forward to hearing your thoughts on this podcast with Jamie Woolrab. I have a feeling you're going to learn a lot. You're going to grow a lot just from this one episode and you are going to be eager to use your voice in a whole new way. here with Jamie Woolrab and I am so thrilled to finally be having this conversation around the power of speech and voice and how we want to make our voices sound crisp and clear and why and this conversation has been so fascinating to me since I met Jamie and he pointed out to me a few different things about my jaw and about the way my words were coming out and finishing my words and making complete words and all of this is just so mind-blowing to me and the connection with how we speak and our confidence and how our message 
what we're saying is being relayed to receivers. So today we have Jamie on the podcast to go deep into these topics. Welcome to the show. Hi. Hi. So excited to be here. Yeah. So I wanted to start with talking about how we first met because it's fun. It's a good story. And I don't often (laughs) share like the inside scoop of what happens at the events that I attend, especially with um, John and Kendra. I've talked about them many times on the show before. And uh, so there was one particular evening that I was um, that I was at the uh, Art of Fearless Intimacy and Um, In this evening, the practice we were doing was all around, of course, polarity, like most all things we do in there. But this one was a very deep practice where there was this line of chairs facing each other into pairs. And um, this man sat down in front of me for the practice, Jamie, and the lights were dim and candles were lit. And then we go into this deep hour and a half practice of eye gazing. And not looking away for a second. And this was my first time to do such a long eye-gazing polarity practice. And, of course, I get matched with Jamie, who's been doing this work for so long and was amazing and just held contact with me the entire time. I, I didn't realize, Jamie, how fortunate I was to be matched with you in this first practice for me because I was so new. That was the first intensive. And to be held by your energy in that moment in that way was such a great way for me to kick off all the polarity work that I had ahead of me. And I'm so grateful for that. But I truly think that out of all of the practices I've done over the past year with um, John and Kendra and any other polarity work I've done, that was one of the experiences that stands out to me the most by how deep, deep your capacity is for holding the masculine pole and it was just such a beautiful experience i think for both of us if i'm speaking Mm. for both of us i mean um i'm incredibly flattered um but i have to say i i had no idea that you hadn't done that before I, i i felt when i was across from you going oh my god i i really have to step it up because she's just like completely present and vulnerable and um, yeah, so I, that's news to me that this, that was, that was, that was your first time. Mm. Yeah, that's really beautiful. Thank you. And I, I think it's because too, like, at, first off, we have such amazing teachers that help us to drop into that practice. And I'd already been doing some work with the salon in the like smaller group, but you also allowed me to go into that deeper space because of how intentional even your eye gazes are and like your breath was so deep and it just goes to show you've done all of this work to really step into that, um, that energy, like the masculine pole for doing polarity work. Um, Mm. but yeah, so you, you know, you noticed a few things within the way that I was, expressing my heart and revealing my heart in that practice that we'll get into today Mm. because that's what opened up the doors to me learning about the jaw and speech and sound because of that practice so we'll get into that (laughs) I feel so now I'm thinking like oh my god did I I hope I didn't critique or in any way like I I, oh good no 
it was it was great. I mean, you you because you were perfect. You were perfect. Thank you, thank you. Okay, so before we get into that, I want to ask you the question I ask all of my guests to start. And what are you currently musing about? What am I currently musing about? In um, anything in life. You know, it's it's funny. I I just finished. Um, well, yesterday was my first men's call with John. Um, I think there's 53 of us. And it's amazing, this the power of like 53 men doing the work and the initiation of that. And it's been almost impossible for me to stop thinking about the first lesson that John gave all of us. And that's basically all of our work, um, and I love that this is gonna tie into the voice, is either, is combining two things, is the, the power of our intention, which is the masculine, like what is our intention as we get up in the morning, throughout the day, what is my intention, and what is the quality of my energy? And that's the feminine, that's the, the wildness within us. And you know, we can have a powerful intention, but if we're not breathing, if our posture isn't up, if we're not connected, that'll peter out, you know? And so I've been really musing about that over the past 24 hours, of, um, you know, I can't have one without the other. And when things aren't necessarily flowing, if I'm feeling stuck, it's usually one or both of those things um, aren't as integrated into my body. So, yeah, I got to give John credit for this um, and how that's just been, that's opening doors of things I've been using about over the past couple of months. So... Um, even as I'm going to become a dad in a couple weeks, it's what is my intention? Like, what's the intention to my home? What's the intention with my career? What's my intention to take care of my fiance? And what's the quality of my energy as I do those things? So, yeah, that's what I've been thinking about. What does it feel like the quality of your energy is primarily right now in this stage of your life, in this phase of your life? So to, to help people have a better understanding of what that really means... Mm, the quality of my energy, it's, I mean, it is a moment to moment basis because obviously it is the feminine. It's, you know, I, I was saying this to a, a client yesterday where, you know, there are times where like the quality of my energy is to sometimes just really cry or feel what I'm feeling and just kind of fall apart. That might be the quality of my energy to just um, surrender then my quality of my energy might be, you know, what serves this moment is to buck up, to, you know, uh, get strong, get come from my lower chakras, come from my gut, you know, there are times to power through. So the quality of the energy to me is what intuitively our body says, like, what the moment needs. Ah, oh, yes, yes, right? yes. Sometimes what does this moment need? Right. Sometimes it's rest. Sometimes the quality of the moment is to just just lay in bed for another couple hours, and that's what the moment needs. Mm -hmm. um, that's yeah, that's how I interpret it. Mm -hmm. This reminds me of something else that I've started to live my life by being someone who's always loved to have some sense of control. It's really served me to say, whatever comes up, make room for it. Whatever comes up in life, make room for it. And I think that's really similar to this mindset of what does this moment need? Because what the moment needs typically is whatever is coming up. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times it needs more allowing, more flowing. Mm -hmm. And then mm -hmm. what you had said when you said more breath, more embodiment, mm -hmm. allowing our body to reflect how we are wanting to feel or how we are feeling already. 
Exactly. Yeah, so yeah. powerful. So now I want to hear a little bit more about how you got to be teaching. What do you call yourself? A vocal, a vocal coach, a vocal teacher? Uh, well, I'm actually an acting coach. It all began with acting. So I'm an acting teacher, acting coach, and my specialty is in you know voice and embodiment. And it started about I would say I got my master's degree in acting about. 20 years ago and an amazing voice teacher and I'll give her a shout out Nancy Mayans um and then I met another very good voice teacher named Stuart Pierce in London and I realized that when my acting was at its best when I because I'm also trained as an actor and I work as an actor in LA it was when I was in my voice it wasn't if I was, you know, um, completely emotional or overworking, but if I was connected to the sound and trusting the text, especially like a Shakespeare, all of the emotions, all of the intention is actually in the language. You're trusting his genius through your, be your being, through your body. And if I'm not breathing, if I'm not in my voice, my acting would suffer. But when I was vibrant, when I was alive, all of a sudden, I'm like, who is this person that is acting this thing? And it's, it had, I mean, if I'm in my voice 90% of the time, I'm performing the way that I would like to be performing. And as I moved from New York and London, studying there, to um, moving to Los Angeles, I realized that many of the acting schools out here don't teach voice. It's almost impossible to find a good voice teacher in Los Angeles. And I realized there was a need and um, I ended up working for an acting studio for 10 years, and it was because somebody saw me in a play, and they're like, wow, the way you move and the way you speak, do you think you could teach uh, a voice class? And I was like, you know, fake it till you make it. I'm like, I think I can do this. And so I ended up, you know, I think 12 years ago, and it changed the way that I, as I was teaching and coaching, I would work with all of my actors for about 15, 20 minutes, I said, before we even think about character, before we even try to dissect the text um, or make your choices, why don't you lie down and let's breathe, let's connect to your voice, let's connect to your instrument. And when they did, they would sit up and 90% of the hard work of the acting work was just in their body. It reminded them that they already had that talent and had the connection to their character within them. And the voice work just revealed that. So to me, it's the only way to fly. So that's how I kind of accidentally, and I filled a need in Los Angeles that um, isn't as obvious. And yeah, and I built a career around it. Why do you think non-actors or people who don't have the intention to be speaking, why would this kind of work benefit them to learn how to make their voices sound? Is verbose the right word? That means like well-rounded, right? Um, verbose, I love that word. Um, yeah, I love it. It's kind of um, a little decadent too. It's yeah. I love that word, verbose. verbose. Um, yeah, rich, I would say resonant. Um, I would say, you know, powerful. What, um, let's see. Well, you know, I mean, I'm sure many of the people that um, are on your podcast uh, know what the chakras are to, yes. like, and what they represent. So yes. it's a huge part of my work. I started bringing in the healing work and I've blended it with the vocal work and they are completely intertwined. Um, the 
I'll just I'll skip ahead to the fifth chakra. So the fifth chakra is um, blue. And there's a sound and a frequency that we can open up the fifth chakra. But this is where we usually lose our voice. Um, it's it's also where the vocal channel um, curves, the throat curves, kind of like a periscope. And when we're not connected to our, our voice, um, we can be disempowered. We can be um, uh, not authentic, not that necessarily that we're lying, but if we're not connected to our voice, we, not, we, we might not say no when we want to. Um, we may let people walk all over us. Um, even in, I work with people on job interviews, uh, whether they're, it's not just acting, but in other um, realms of walking in and being able to have your shoulders back and your head up and your heart open and being able to have the confidence of the knowledge because the voice is really one of the only things that connects your and my inner world to the outer world. So you can know something, you can have all the intelligence, but if you're, you know, shoegazing and stuttering or mumbling, the transmission of your intelligence isn't going to carry to the other person and they're not going to be able to receive it. Does that make sense? Oh, it makes so much sense. And I'm so passionate about this topic as well, just because for, I mean, we hear this all the time, but like me and you, I mean, from John, but for so many years, women have been silenced. Yeah. They've been silenced. They've been shunned. They've been killed. They've been claimed. They've been sold. They've been burned. They've been everything that you possibly could imagine and not necessarily right now, but I would say for the past 100, 200 years has been the journey where women have been reclaiming their voice in an expedited way, much faster than they had for the thousands of years before that, because it wasn't really a choice. Mm. And it's just now, really, it's so, so new that we as women have so many possibilities. We have equality we're working towards equality in the areas that we don't but we're having to be tested in a lot of ways to learn how to clear mm -hmm. our throat chakras in a way that our ancestors couldn't and didn't mm -hmm. and were killed for so it's a very big quest and a big journey to clear up that space that chakra and really unify with it so we can put our yeses to action and our no to action and to feel in alignment and in integrity with what our bodies are saying when they are saying yes learn how to say yes and i'm still in these positions jamie quite often where i feel like even the other the other night i was in a position where my body was saying no 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 and mm. my voice just i couldn't say anything and looking mm. back i'm like man it would have been so easy just to say no i don't want that or i'm done here and walk away but yet there are moments whether it's uh, in intimacy and sex or it's with <coughs> my my super i'm having this like drama going on with my apartment super because he's just really emotionally manipulative which is crazy for a super to be that way but in both of these kind of situations i notice my clothes my uh, throat just wants to close up mm -hmm. and so putting into action what you're doing with your chakra work into real life oh it's so challenging for that tricky nervous system mm. I, I just uh, I just chills with what you're saying because I couldn't agree more. I couldn't support that more. Um, the majority of my clients are women, um, and I've worked with a lot of different 
healing schools where they've been primarily women. I actually came into John's workshop last year and taught the, the voice section of his um, women's workshop. And, oh, my God, this, the, when some of those fifth chakras opened up, I mean, just ep the epigenetics, which is, you know, the healing of ancestors, the sound, the... Um, the power of what was being released was, I mean, I, I still have chills thinking about it. Um, and also, what happens to the body when the throat chakra is shut down? One of the things that I got to learn, um, which I thought was so powerful, is that the jaw is connected to the neurons of the brain. And how... Like, I think like a hundred years ago, if you were giving birth or if there was a surgery, we'd put like a belt or a leather bit in your mouth. And when you're in extreme pain, what do we do? We bite down on our jaw. And what I've seen with many clients and friends that the jaw is tense because we are shutting down almost like a beta blocker. We're shutting down the nervous system. So we're not feeling the emotional pain and pleasure that's in the body. So so much of my work is helping the throat, uh, the C vertebrae of the back of the neck, the jaw release. And when we release that jaw, all these feelings that we've been putting on, um, like kind of a tape delay of for years, because like, oh, I don't want to feel that trauma or that abandonment. And where it gets stuck is the throat, I mean, and the jaw. So you not saying no in that moment to me, it's like, wow, I'm not allowing myself to feel this pain or this trespass in my body. And then it gets stuck. And so, so much of that work has been releasing the physical aspects of the fifth chakra, not just the energetic. Mm. And this is what I was referring to earlier when you and I worked together, because we worked together, I think, a couple times, but um, mm -hmm. the second time... We were expressing our rage to each other. Remember that? Like we were, mm -hmm. we were going oh, yeah. into, yeah, you were in, well, you went into your warrior and killer and wow, it was just so powerful to witness you and your rage in that way. And it, and it's coming from your heart, heart centered rage and going into that place and then me. And then when I did it, um, this is when I, I, I was holding so much tension. I was trying to scream I was trying to have heart-centered screaming and reveal that to you, and yet my jaw was so tight the entire time. It's this constant push and pull between me feeling, yearning to release it all, but then also a subconscious programming for my, or I guess not even subconscious, a, a, a nervous system response of my jaw closing up and tightening combined with this fear of what is he going to think when he sees me in my full rage? And th there's probably a part of my jaw that's tensing up, tightening up to close my mouth a little bit. So you don't get the full on experience mm. of witnessing me with my mouth wide open, screaming and yelling through my heart. Right. Because that still mm. would look ugly and I don't want to look ugly or that'll look, that'll scare you away. I'm too much. So my jaw is holding back out of fear of being too much mind blowing. Well, it's, it's interesting, uh, too. one of the, th it just makes me so sad. My heart breaks for this, that there's male clients too, but a majority of my female clients have been trained to smile 
be pretty, be, you know, be, um, be nice, be friendly. Um, they have, what's that seven degree head tilt, you know, I'm passive. Mm. I'm, uh, um, and so much of the work is being able to, uh, the artist to have a relaxed face and being able to like, especially women to be able to say, you know, you don't have to smile for me. You can just have, like, you can scowl, you can scream, you can be whatever we perceive as, you know, I don't perceive it as ugly, but what sometimes they perceive as ugly, uh, emotional faces. And I, it's so beautiful when that full range of expression, like a mood ring can press their face. And then all of a sudden there's all like their heart is being revealed through the face, but that's almost impossible if the bridge between the heart and the face, which is the throat, is blocked. Oh, the bridge between the heart and the face is the throat. Yeah. Ooh, I really like that. And that's the voice. Mm. That's the sound, that current that connects the head and the heart. So, so often when people are, you know, their head and their heart are disconnected, what I've experienced over my 20 years of doing this, it's the majority of that is because the fifth chakra is out. How do we take someone who has the thought, I always need to be smiling or happy and, Mm. and get to a space where you can begin to release that, that like instant response of smiling, but like what practice can someone do to begin to be in that space uh, it's it's like it's so you're right it is so sad and there's a part of me that's like it's so instilled within my body to always be smiling and be mm. happy that happy thing is really big for me is being seen as someone that's happy and mm. and I also am a very happy person so it's not like all my smiles aren't right, legitimate right, of course, of but course. there's also like this desire that I need to hold my body in a way that is looking pleasant and sweet, like a performance. So mm. what is that practice that anyone listening to this can begin something small, they can start to integrate? Oh, uh, I love, I, I just, this is so much fun. I can see <laughs> this is my, this is my jam. Um, to me is to begin to f- just one small practice, which is I want to smile with my whole being. I want to smile with my body. So rather than I want to give the mask of the smile, like, oh, make sure you're smiling and you see it. I mean, we all know the difference between when somebody's, you know, putting on a happy face and when their being is smiling. So how I perceive that is, I mean, it's a bit of a meditation, but as I'm smiling, I'm smiling in my heart and I'm allowing that smile to expand, expand past my skin, through my bones, through my my breath, and then the smile that is literally in my mask, my face, is connected to what I'm truly feeling. Not, not, it's not a performance of how I want you to feel or how I want you to see me. It's a, it's a very different energy for me because it's like, am I doing this for you or am I doing this as a gift? I notice when I do that automatically, my shoulders drop more. Mm -hmm. Um, There's something about like my thighs feeling much more relaxed. 
-hmm. Like everything drops down a little bit. When I go into my own inner smile, it feels like my my body becomes heavier and also mm -hmm. lighter. It's like more grounded, but I'm relaxed. I'm breathing deeper. That's what that does for me when I just think about going into the that inner. Smile. Well, and think about it. What are, what is ultimately our goal? Is to be grounded and open. Right. And when I watched one of your, I love your um, Instagram stories, and there was one where you were just doing a self-pleasuring practice. I think you were just lying on your bed and your legs were in the air mm -hmm. and your fingers were just tracing the side of your legs. And my body lit up. I smiled mm -hmm. with my whole being because I'm like, oh, she's smiling with her whole body. So if the smile comes through, it's inspired as an expression it also feels very, I mean, maybe it's because you just talked about this video that I did, but it also feels very sensual, mm -hmm. just really in touch with all of your senses. Um, and another thing I wanted to mention to you is that s loosening my jaw is something I've been doing, I would say, for the past year. Since you and me talked about this, I've been so conscious of it. It's fascinated me. And that's why, like, this has not been super challenging for me to play around with because I'm excited about it. And just this jaw idea is just so interesting to me. Um, but something that helps me is whenever I think about summoning my inner queen, mm. my head automatically lifts up. My chin lifts up a lot when I do the queen energy. My eyes soften but the number one thing i notice is my jaw drops down a little bit mm -hmm. it's not that my teeth the top part of my teeth and the bottom part of my teeth are no longer touching and it, like my mouth just not droops but it does drop and it feels like my face gets longer and what's really happening is i'm feeling taller because i'm summoning that queen queendom energy mm -hmm. and that's my that's my hack for loosening my jaw is going into the <laughs> queen space yeah, I love it. I mean, I have a question then. Is it when your jaw opens, are you, do you, is there more capacity for pleasure in your body? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I get, I got goosebumps when you said that first off, but it, there's something definitely with the tightness that I have in my shoulders releasing. There's a lot mm. of work that gets done in my shoulders whenever I loosen my jaw mm. and the breath. Well, my, I always like to give a shout out to my mentors that teach that I've, I honor my lineage and there's a teacher named Stuart Pierce. You guys can go and YouTube him or go to his, um, Spotify. He does these beautiful chakra meditations that I, I, I do. And I still practice myself, but he said something about the voice and how, why the voice. And he broke down the word persona or personality, which is per is in Greek is through and sonar is sound. So our persona is our sound through sound is our personality is our vibration. So the more say you are in your queen space, the more that you release your jaw and are taking that in as you, you call the hack. What I, what I perceive is you are exuding more of Madeline's being her personality is becoming more resonant you're becoming more you so that's why do voice work because you are literally kind of dipping yourself in your own essence 
and expanding that out. And that is what is felt in the world. So in those terms and looking at that, which was beautiful, by the way, thank you for honoring the lineage. What about when it comes to finishing our words, just something as simple as this, (laughs) because like, listen to the sentence I'm saying right now. Sentence. Sentence. See, sentence, sentence that I'm finishing right now. I don't know why I never learned how to finish my words. So I'm just teasing you, I promise. It's hilarious, though. It is funny. It is so. See, then when I do that and I finish my words i sound really strange a robot right well you know what john says like he says we practice the gross so we can master the subtle we practice the extreme you know no one's gonna want to watch me dance when i'm still learning the steps but when you know i'm up on i just did a play where we had a lot of choreography and i was literally doing a play with the ballerina and i'm a I have two left feet and, but we rehearse, we rehearse, we rehearse it. So then the dance looks natural and that's how speech work is. So you, yes, it sounds robotic when we're hitting the plosives and in the speech. And then as we're done practicing it, it just becomes natural. The, 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 the vowels, which I call the feminine, the, the, the voice, a-E-I-O-U-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-
come back for the game. There's homecoming. Uh, we're mm -hmm. still connected to the family. We wear the college shirt. Like, there's such a, an honor, a respect, and I am going to be an ambassador of this place, as opposed to divorce is, you know, sever to um, ostracize. You know, all of and I and shame. It, it and brings shame. up cultural oh. shame. Yeah. Completely, and that I have to sort of, you know, whitewash this person from my life, and. I was just realizing that in the hour session that we were working, how one exchange of word completely shifted her reality. And it shifted the relationship. It was so much more empowering. It was inclusive. It was a win-win instead, instead of a zero-sum game. So your words, your choice of words can be you know, inclusive. It can be restorative. And other words can be um, uh, uh, der uh, to deride someone, mm -hmm. to push it away. And what kind of life do you want to manifest? What kind of person do you want to be? And that has everything to do with the choice of language. Yeah, this is so powerful. To feel the difference between like I'm divorcing my friend and I'm graduating from my friend. <laughs> oh yeah, in, in my in my recent separation from my former partner, I was very conscious to make sure that, um, the, when I talked about our quote breakup, it was an evolution because it was mm -hmm. just an evolution. There was no, there was no, uh, pain really in a, in a, well, there was pain, but I mean, there was no like anger towards each other. It was so loving in the way we separated that saying breakup just felt like the same old, same old tragic, traumatic, heart wrenching breakup of the past. And this was completely different. So it was an right, evolution. Like, or a loop. Yeah, right. So it's not a loop of, oh, another breakup, blah, 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 the, on the carousel of, you know, toxic relationships. It's like, wow, I'm really taking what I want from this relationship and taking that into my next. Right. And if I had consistently said that it was a breakup, I would have created the exact thing that wasn't there, but was there with other relationships. Like just saying breakup could make me want to, and not to say I'm going, I would do this, but it could make me want to talk bad about him after we broke up because that's what I always did with those bad breakups. So if I called it a breakup, I would do the, the same thing. I would eventually almost trick myself into thinking that we had a bad experience separating because of that word and what that word normally has meant to me. Mm. Wow. Yeah. It's, uh, well, I mean, it's so interesting. You're saying that all of what we're going to, cause I want to also answer the question that you, what you said, because what you're doing is following, you said you asked how to follow through the sentences. To me, it's about following through with the intention. And what you just explained is that you're really following through with the intention of the evolution of that breakup uh, and how that will inform the the rest of your life. Mm. And, and to me, it's when, you know, one of the things that Stuart talked about, which is, you know, when he calls it the heart note, that's how I was trained, that if our voices come from our heart, it will enter your heart or our partner's heart or the world's heart. So I, I don't know if as the, those listening, I'm being very conscious that my voice is coming from my heart and it's I'm, my intention is for that to emanate and for the knowledge and the wisdom that has been passed through me 
would then enter your heart. And if I'm here, you know, speaking from my head, and I'm gonna do that right now, and I'm stuck up here, it's a immediate, like what happens where we start kind of turning, we, we, we um, turn off our ears, we don't wanna listen to it, because it only goes to the head. So part of being able to fulfill that intention, which is even fulfilling the end of the sentence, is that, is, am I speaking my intention through the end of the line? Mm. I just stuttered when I said that. Let me repeat that. Is it, am I speaking through the end of the line? Is the vibration going through the end of the word? So even the D on the end is important to me because that will reach into your system so that you can feel it fully. It's an Eleanor Roosevelt quote. She said, they don't always remember what you said, they, but they remember how you made them feel. Mm. Does it, I'm kind of going off here, but I, I, as you were saying this, like with your relationship, that as you are finishing the ends of your sentences, as we're finishing the end of a relationship, your intention emanates past that and is a gift to him and a gift to you. I'm kind of you know, bridging these two things, but it's it's really important. I don't know if, if, if that makes sense, but I'm very excited about it. <laughs> oh, I know. I love all of this. And I'm so glad that you just brought up the example. And I hope everyone heard, was really like listening and tuning into when you did the in the head voice. Because I, I remember you talking about this to me a while back and hearing the difference between when you're in I'm trying to do it right now. So I feel like when I'm talking right now, it's really much, it's very much in the head. And then when I'm going into my heart space, it feels like it's right there. Whoa. Like I can feel, did it feel, did it sound different? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it did. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Like here it feels right now very much in, in my head. And then now it's in my heart and it is deeper. Do you find that normally when people are speaking in the heart space, it is underneath the head. So that makes sense. But does it normally come with a more uh, baritone sound? Well, no, 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 not, not at all. Okay. See, I, I pick, if you picture this, like I, I picture the, the chakras of the sound are kind of like a quartet, right? So, the lower register is the bass, and then the viola, and then the, uh, the no the um, uh, the violin, the viola, and the cello. Sorry, the cello would be mm. second and third. Uh, sorry, third and fourth. Uh, the viola is the fifth, and the violin is the sixth and seventh. So, any good speaker is going to have the texture of the resonance lower. But I'm not going to stay on the the call this whole time <laughs> and speak from here. Unless I'm Leonard Cohen or, or yeah. Barry White or something, or the lead singer of the National, going, so I'm going to be talking to you from my, you know, from down here the whole time. No, because I'm going to choose words. I'm going to stress certain things, or I'm going to throw certain things away. And so it's, we call it a circumflex in voice work, where you want range. And as I know, you you, you study and you embody such beautiful feminine energy, that then your range of voice, a vocal range is so, oh my God, it's so much pleasure for the masculine body. But if it's only up just a violin over a while, you're, it can kind of feel thin. Speak on that a little further. What is it around the range of the feminine in her vocals that brings you pleasure and joy? 
What's an example uh, of that? Oh my God, I feel very shy right now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's variety. You know, I, I think John talked about it in his 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 beautiful um, and and powerful "What Men Crave" that video he did, and that we. You know, he said something to the effect of the naughty co-ed or to the dominatrix or mm -hmm. to um, the devotional lover that, you know, men crave variety. And so what a better variety than, you know, vocal variety. So maybe, you know, if we're going to kind of talk a little taboo, talk about relationship, then you know, what would it feel like to, I, I remember this in the workshop where sometimes it was, they came across and they did like mist and rain on the men as we were in oh, yeah. meditation. And so the voice can have like a, like a soothing, almost like, uh, like a breeze or it can be like, you know, uh, take me now. Right. <laughs> right? And, they, it, it, or, and that can happen within a minute. That, that, that level of, of, of texture, because that's what we crave, and that's the, the old, what do you call, um, cliche that men are like, well, we're going to, we are attracted to many different women, or we're going to be married three times, and, and what, you know, what we're just wanting is variety. And what's so amazing is when our partner embodies that variety, and when she does, it's like we, we have eyes for no one but her. Ah, yes. And for me receiving variety from the masculine, especially Ooh. when you just did that, <laughs> I can't really do it. <laughs> I like, I go weak in the knees for that sound. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like any kind of animalistic sound coming from my lover or a stranger I don't even know, instant attraction. Sound can create instant attraction between two people that maybe at like first glance aren't attracted to each other. But when you go into that and you embody these different energies, like you said, the rain or the rainforest or the mountain, the jungle, mm -hmm. like your voice can be this oh, such an amazing way to create fireworks and sparks with someone who you maybe even just met. Oh my gosh. I just love those animals. Well, yeah. You want, you want, I'm going to give some men, some, uh, that listen to this, uh, and women too. Poetry. E. e. Cummings, DH Lawrence, learn some verse, speak poetry to her body, to her skin, to, um, and vice versa and learn the great writers. You know, one of my favorites is, you know, E. e. Cummings saying, I like my body when it is with your body. It is so quite new a thing. Skin better and nerves more. Right? These just... <laughs> right? Like, yes. So, yeah. Sensuality, inspiration, mm. poetry. Um, the And the voice travels that vibration. I mean, if we were to read E.E. E. Cummings, you look at it on the page... It's yes, it's beautiful when we read it because sometimes the words are upside down or diagonal and they're all over the place. But what I believe is how he's writing is it for it to be spoken. And the space between those words and the um, syncopation, you know, is about the variety and the the four dimension that those those words are really just vibration. Yeah. Oh, to, gosh. Uh, 
I I feel all day long. I know (laughs) it's so like. Like you said, it's so sensual too. Like it just puts me like listening to all the different sounds puts me in all these different states. But at the end of, of any variety that I'm experiencing of sound, when it's like the way that we're talking about, it just calms my body and it just makes me feel more in touch with my body. And it's like this juicy feeling. It just feels really juicy. Yes. Yes. Mm. Yes, I, I, I can feel it. It's just I'm. This is so inspiring. I can actually feel that energy, you know, the, uh, and how we can actually and tools take this to, you know, our our art to um, our relationships to our friendships, yeah. and that's a great way to reveal your heart. I mean, it was I was laughing because my um, my partner, my fiance. Um, she was sharing her heart and it wasn't necessarily the, you know, just pleasure. It was pain. It was, Oh, it was frustration. And I love it because I don't have to guess what somebody's feeling when they share sound with me. Uh. So if they share words, sometimes I have to interpret it. Like, especially men were denser and we're dumber and she's like, no, I'm fine. <laughs> and we're mm. like, um, I feel like you're going to cook my, my bunny rabbit, right? Because I can hear it like, no, I'm good. No, we're fine. We're fine. And as opposed to, no, just give me a sound. I give this to clients all the time where sometimes they'll do a voice memo to me. I'm like, don't tell me how you're feeling. Give me a sound. And throughout the day, they just create a sound. And it's like, I know exactly what you're feeling. When you go, I, there's no guessing. <laughs> Like I know <laughs> and that sound, we don't need words. And what, what, what makes me so inspired is when we have the full permission, full connection to our body to make whatever sound is what's within us with the right word to me is magic. Mm. It's out. Ooh, this is really good. I like this a lot. And there's one of the, one, one of my really good friends who's also doing this, embodiment work like us um she has she always does the raspberry sound i'm gonna kind of stink back yeah okay i was gonna do it but i was gonna like lean back so i was gonna do my microphone but you did it perfect yeah that and we know what she's feeling she always goes and that's whatever she (laughs) whatever she's feeling like she's she's throwing a tantrum like she'll cross her arms she'll stomp her feet and she'll do that and we know exactly how she's feeling yes i like the idea of doing sound too because it takes off the pressure of us already very heady beings, furthermore being in our head, having to formulate words around everything. It simplifies, and it's, like you said, so much more direct, and it's not going to be misinterpreted, really, because you're just being straightforward, honest, and you're simplifying it on the on the air of brevity, and it's just, boom. Like, you can get, you can accomplish what you think you may need in an hour-long conversation around with one sound. Mm-hmm. Well, if you think about it, I mean, I'm reading that, that book, Sapiens. Um, I forgot who wrote it, to give him a nice shout-out. Um, I wonder how long language has been around, and how did cavemen, and you know, for millions of years, how or thousands of years, we were communicating, it's, uh, uh, right? They, it was sound first. Language hasn't been around that long, right? But, but voice has 
And oh, oh, by the way, before I forget, I just had this really inspiring thing of what you were we were talking about before. I want to jump back to this. Don't forget. Um, there's this incredible. I mean, I love acting, and I was over in London, and there's this incredible actor that was on the show Sherlock with Benedict Cumberbatch, and his name is Andrew Scott, and he played Moriarty, and he's on this show. I don't think it's airing in the United States yet. It will May seventh. This is a show called Fleabag. And I was watching this episode where he's this priest and he can't have sex with the, the woman who's the lead of it <clears throat> and of the of her show. And they're doing this confessional. And she's expressing to him like all of her pain and all of that. And he, I mean, it was one of the most erotic, hottest scenes I've ever seen. And he just told her to kneel because she's an atheist in the scene. And he said it in this sound of what you, it's what it reminded me when you said when men growl or they, that sound that what that did, does to your system. And he goes, I, I, I'm gonna do it terribly because I don't have his amazing Irish accent. He goes, kneel. And she's like, what? And he goes, kneel. And she, I, I was like, oh my God, this is hotter than any sex scene I've ever seen. And they're not even in the same space. They're in opposite rooms. And I'm like, oh my God. And, and I know you know this through the, the couple's work, the salon, which is the masculine, why men should do voice work, is the command. Yes. And I was like, oh my God, he's commanding her as a woman, of, of a, like a woman can command too, so it's masculine and feminine both ways, but he's commanding her with that lower register and the surrender that she had in this moment, I went, oh my God, wait, everyone should be doing voice work. And here is a master doing it within his art. I was like, oh my, I can't wait to share this on some podcast and have people watch it. I think it's, <laughs> I think it's episode four of season two of Fleabag. And I was like, this is everything. Mm -hmm. And he said, Neil, four times, and I will always remember it. Ooh. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. Oh my god. I'm just like oh. I'm yeah, gonna watch right? that. I mean, yeah. Oh my god, if somebody just said like it to me if I'm in my feminine and someone just told me Neil, I'll be like, okay. Come <laughs> on down. I'm in my whatever you say. <laughs> I am so responsive to that. I am very responsive. And now I know after doing this work, I know what it is and I know how much I love the art of a good command. It makes me weak in the knees. And um it's just so powerful, the people I've worked with that are doing voice work, like yourself and some of the other people in the salon that I've worked with, when they are holding their head straight on rather than cocking their head to their side, when they're speaking in their heart and deep in their belly and they're grounding their body and they say a command to me. Um, like I had this happen the other night I was doing, uh, I was doing some like tantric type work and this guy, we had our legs like wrapped around each other. And this guy said to me, like deep in his voice, he just said, make the sound of what you feel like something like that. And I purred, <laughs> I purred, I was a kitty, but it was so deep and crisp and it was a command and it made me feel safe in the way he did this. And this is, um, for anyone who's very new to even hearing how commands can be a sacred experience, that's maybe something to say for another podcast episode, because I think at first glance, it may be hard to 
grasp exactly what we're saying when we say command. Um, It's not about giving up power. It's about being in your power, in your sovereignty, and doing this in a way that feels healing, not, you know, repressive. And trusting. And trusting. And And, and and I love, you know, uh, that it can go both ways, that there's the the feminine can or the woman can command and be in her masculine and the man can be in his feminine and be in his surrender but it's it's interesting because it's funny I, I mean I'm a teacher too and I'm a uh, a coach and to be able to command a room mm-hmm. being able to if I'm a teacher and people are talking or they're texting being able to go put away your phone <laughs> and it's from my heart. And then immediately they're like, oh, oh so you can feel the container tighten and their attention. But if I'm not in my body, if I'm not in my voice, I'm like, hey, um, could you put away your phone? Mm-hmm. They're like, huh? They were like, it's like shoe fly, don't bother me. Mm-hmm. And I can still, you know, transmit what I want and do less. So command isn't just uh, between, you know, uh, a partnership. It can be, um, you know, when you're you're teaching or when you're um, your kids. Like, well, yeah, well, I was just kids. thinking that. Yeah. Parenting. Um, parenting. I'm, I'm sure with parenting, you can't get by by saying, "Hey, if you don't mind, like, can you do this thing for me?" <laughs> you know, maybe a first sure, few times. Well with a three-year-old. <laughs> because and they will they will so respect and love that knowing that you are holding the command so that they don't have to. Kind of like I don't have a kid, but I do have a dog who's very spirited. And I know that if I let him run the show, he would absolutely do that. But whenever I change the vibration of my tone, he knows what I'm transmitting to him and he gets it and it makes him feel safer. Yes, exactly. He knows that like mama's got it. Mama's under under control and taking everything in. So it's really yeah, it's 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 a beautiful way to look at that. Okay. Jamie, where can people connect with you? What are your offerings? How can people oh, learn more wow. about you or watch you on TV if that's possible? Movies? Oh yeah, um, I've just yeah. I mean, my my e, uh, my website is jamiewolrab.com. Um, one of my favorite things to do is actually I love one-on-one coaching. That's when I'm at my best, and I do I, I coach all over the world via Zoom. Um, I'm also going to be doing an offering of a month-long uh, voice workshop over Zoom and helping people connect to their voice um, and their bodies through uh, a poem assigned to each person will have their own poem. And that will be in May. I'm going to be doing that offering. And I also am based in Los Angeles, and I work out at the Pico Playhouse, and I teach voice work there, and I teach an acting class there. So you can find me on my Instagram, which is just uh, at Wolrab, which is W-O-L-L-R-A-B. Um, and, and you can reach me through my website. There's a way to email me for private work. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm really passionate about sharing this with the world. And um, that's that's what I'm having. I have, I'm having a baby in May, so... It's going to be a little bit limited, uh, but I'm, I am going to have that online course. Mm, so many good things. And I've had sessions with Jamie before, and I highly, highly, highly recommend you do them. 
Um, like absolutely it's even the, the small amount of work that I've done with you has significantly impacted the way I think about speech and how sensitive I am to what I am saying and intentional and the jaw work. Like I said, (laughs) I love this jaw work. So that's been really impactful for me as well. Well, one last thing I'll say to that, because it's not just voice work isn't just about speaking. And I think this is a great way to, as we're finishing up, being connected to our voice is also how we listen. And, and then we're more sensitive to how people are speaking to us. And when I'm connected to my voice, I'm actually listening better. I'm actually feeling the person who I'm speaking with. And so then I'm also receiving them, which is just as important, if not more than what we're saying. Mm. I love that. I love that because there's a lot of space holders here that listen to this show, a lot of moms, a lot of best friends, a lot of partners. So I think that at the end of the day, I mean, we are here to um, find our dharma and to live our purpose and to help heal the world. And in order to do that, we need to be good listeners. We need to hold space Mm -hmm. for others. We need to have more compassion for both ourselves and those around us. Mm. And what they're really saying, and you know, being able to say, um, I hear that, could you repeat that? Or is there something more? Is there something deeper? Like, we can ask more questions. So this is all Imago 101 to really get to the heart of what people are trying to convey to us. Yeah. Okay, so I will make sure that I have all the links for people to check out how they can work with you on the show notes for this, maddiemoon.com slash jamie Rab. But before we officially wrap this up, are you down for a quick divine deep dive round? Heck yes. Heck yes. Okay. What is one must-read book? Hmm. Dear Lover by David Data. Oh, yeah. I love that one. Um, ooh, what's your favorite scent right now? Mm, my favorite scent right now is this diptyque candle I have. It's just like I want to eat it. It's this musk uh, diptyque candle, and I, it's burning right now, and it's just amazing. I have a diptyque uh, perfume, and it's my favorite thing ever and I had a candle too that was something I got for Christmas and I just fell in love with them it's so expensive but it it's worth it really is worth it I'm, I'm fancy with candles I'm fancy with um candles and, and any smells in general like I'm such a, a perfume girl I love scents it's just something that like helps me engage with my feminine even more so sensual um mm. okay what edge are you on in life that feels really edgy what edge am I on in life um Oh man, <laughs> is uh, my own to believe in my own work as an actor that I'm putting out into the world as deeply as I believe in all of you. Mm. Mm, I love that. What is your biggest fun guilty pleasure? Oh man. Um, my partner will laugh at this. I am a sports fanatic. I know I'm kind of a jock. I'm a jock. It's so weird. I'm like a bizarre Renaissance person. So I, it's like John with his baseball. I love my football and my basketball, a playoff start this weekend. And it's like, don't talk to me. I'm (laughs) screaming at the TV. It's, 
it's I, it makes me feel like I'm not as evolved as a man. Like, but I'm not practicing because I'm I just turn into a meathead. It's 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 embarrassing, um, but that's my guilty pleasure. Oh, I, I like it. I think that's cool. <laughs> I think that's really cool. Um, what? How would you describe your relationship to coffee in one word? Codependent. <laughs> <laughs> What do you want to be praised for more than anything? Mm. Praised for doing the deep work and um, bringing all of my shadows to light. If you were an inanimate object, what would you be? I'd be my motorcycle. <laughs> and last question. If you were an animal. No. If you were to describe your sex life as an animal. That one's better. What mm. would it be? <sighs> so funny because I love variety. So there might be a couple here. Um, I would say a wolf. Oh, I like that. That's a good answer. Oh, you're amazing, Jamie. This is so great. I'm Thank so you. I'm so grateful to have you on the podcast to share all your like incredible wisdom with this audience. So thank you so much for coming on. Yeah. Oh, last thing, my other I do have a lot of my voice work uh, is my other Instagram, which is Jamie Wolreb Studios. So uh, I forgot that I actually have a second one where oh. that's. My, my wool rub one is more is my personal. It's my life, but my Jamie Warrup Studios is being um, renovated, which is for my acting and for my voice work. So there is a second one there. Perfect. And I also do have quite a few um, actors that listen to this podcast. So maybe even that would be something of interest for them mm -hmm. to work with you around. So that's great. Any of your Fantastic. actresses out there, Jamie? Mm -hmm. Thank you again. Like thank you. Deep, deep, deep bow for coming mm -hmm. on to the podcast and sharing all of this. We are so grateful for you, and I just can't wait to hear about how this information is going to be affecting women's lives and men's lives, partners' lives after listening to this. So, just deep from the bottom of my heart, thank you. Oh, so much love to all of you, and um, thank you for the opportunity. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.